When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the McCovey Croncast, the San Francisco Giants podcast for SB Nation's McCovey Chronicles. I'm Brian Murphy, former managing editor of McCovey Chronicles, and with me is Doug Brizzoni, who writes about the Giants on his Substack, GiantsDoug.substack.com. Doug, the Giants were swept in L.A. by the Dodgers in a four-game series for the first time since 1995. Do you remember 1995? I do remember 1995. Uh, I don't remember that series, even though I was uh, I was actually living in Southern California at the time, I would have been nine years old. And it's pretty likely I went to at least one of those games. Uh, hmm. But I don't remember. Like, I, like I, I remember, so I went to the, the last game in 1993. That's my huh? formative Giants experience. Okay. Uh, where we, we, we left in like the fifth inning, and the only good thing that happened all day was Robbie Thompson hitting a home run in what would eventually be a 13-1 Dodgers win. And that happened as we were leaving the stadium. <laughs> so you didn't actually see it, but you were there. We were there, but I was there. Okay. Um, that series, the four-game sweep, was June 22nd to the 25th, 1995, which would have been the week after Batman Forever opened. <laughs> I remember Batman Forever, too. <laughs> That's what I was kidding. <laughs> saw that sucker in the theaters. <laughs> I saw it twice, I think, in the same weekend. That's how much I enjoyed it. And uh, it was, was right, that, bef- yeah. right before Apollo 13 came out. <laughs> oh, that is... Oof. <laughs> these are formative uh movie experiences yeah i just yeah, i mean I, I remember uh robin saying holy rusted metal batman and <laughs> it's right. like what it's like this metal it's all holy and rusted so that's, that's a right. pretty good time thanks that's joel right. schumacher <laughs> uh that's that's the good news about that sweep the bad news is the giants are back to 48 and 47 there, the division is. If the division was ever in anyone's mind, I hope this disabused anyone of that notion that the Giants have even a shot at winning the division. I think they're now sixteen and a half games back of first of uh, the division lead, and they're two games out of the last wild card spot, trailing the Cardinals. Um, so there's that. Uh, a couple of other things to point out: the Giants made two trade or two acquisitions this past week. On Thursday, they signed 
uh, Trevor Rosenthal, veteran reliever, to a one-year prorated $4.5 million deal. It's a weird way of doing it, but, you know, I get it. Um, he had a showcase a month ago where he hit 95-plus consistently. He looked good. Last pitch in 2020, he had that thoracic outlet surgery. That wiped out a couple seasons. That's the same surgery that Jake Peavy had way way back in the day. Um, and I guess the health outcomes for that is getting better because that used to be a, a career ender. Um, and he seems seems not to be the case anymore. Anyway, and on, on Sunday after the game, as though this would make it better that the Giants got swept, they traded for Ben Bowden from the Rays. Uh, the Rays had claimed he was a Rocky, and the Rays had claimed him back in April. Lefty reliever with strikeout stuff, but he has a ridiculous walk rate. Um, so anywhere between 11 and 14%, just uh, – not good if you're a, if you're a pitcher, um, and he's 27. So basically, the Giants got some free relievers who might be able to help this year, um, but it kind of doesn't matter. They also I, did. You know, I, I think that Ben Bowden moves good. You know, you can't give up homers if you don't throw it in the strike zone. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And not putting the ball in play, no defensive miscues. Exactly. <laughs> you're not looking at the bright sides here. This is some light year stuff. The Giants also made a bunch of acquisitions earlier in the week with the MLB draft, which uh, happened 20 rounds. We're not going to go through all the picks, just rushing through it. I really do want to point people to. Um, to Roger Munter's There Are Giants podcast because he does a great um, great breakdown of it with a guest, and I really liked it, and it's very helpful. And I'm I'm summarizing what he got. Maybe, Doug, you have your own thoughts. Basically, the Giants, by their first two picks, getting guys who, who didn't pitch this year, <laughs> but basically have uh, high stuff potential, 55-plus stuff on the scouting boards. And that was kind of their MO was like, let's just get – some stuff pitchers because their draft was largely pitching and uh, see what happens. Um, and I, I think it's a good sign because if you look at the giant system now, it's, it's bereft of stuff. And as we're seeing at the major league level, you kind of need to be able to strike guys out sometimes because sometimes the defense doesn't catch the ball. Sometimes, sometimes you have your Mercedes in left field. That's right. Um, yeah. And so from what I understand, this might have come straight from Roger. So i might just be re- repeating what he said. Uh, the Giants took the players most likely to be very good, even if they were less likely to be major leaguers, like guys with the highest ceiling, but you know maybe the lower floor where they don't, where it's more likely they don't make it because you know they picked uh, they picked late because they had the best record in baseball last year, so they didn't they couldn't get the sure things. So um, instead of going for a let's say a Joe Panic type, uh, they said they went for a guy who maybe has a Joe Panic, you know, as a pitcher or position player, because Reggie Crawford does do both. Uh, they went for a guy who's like, you know, ten percent chance of being, five percent chance of being Shohei Otani, ninety ninety percent chance of being crap, five percent chance of being okay. Um, and you know, it, that might be their best shot there to get a future star. So yeah, go for it. Also, I believe at least with Crawford, actually both of them, Car- uh, Reggie Crawford and Carson Wisenant. Um, their second pick who missed all of 2022 from a banned substance suspension. And I'm sure you, if you're listening you and you're following enough, I'm sure you read about it. It's kind of the same banned substance that Logan Webb got in trouble with where players are saying, cause these aren't the only two where they're not quite clear how they're getting testing positive. So there might be some issue there, but in any case, he didn't pitch this year, Reggie Crawford, because of Tommy, uh, Tommy John didn't pitch this year. 
But basically, if if not for their conditions or situations, these are like, oh, if they fell to them, you know, the the Giants really got a could potentially have gotten a steal. So it wasn't like they were making these huge reaches, but they were making ones where it's like they there are legitimate reasons why these players fell down to them. But at the same time, if those conditions did not exist, it would be pretty great. If it yeah, works if, out, it'll essentially yeah. be like the Giants got a steal. Yeah, I mean, if they both of them, I think if they'd pitched this last year, they probably would have been at least mid first round picks. And so they got one at the end of the first round, one at the end of the second round. So, you know, if they pitched this year, they also might've been bad. You know, that's exactly. also on the table. Yeah, exactly. I don't want don't yeah. to minimize that. But if they had pitched this year and they had done what it seems like they were on track to do, then they would have been higher picks than the Giants got them at. So that's what they're betting on. So in a couple of years, we'll revisit the whole Reggie Crawford to see the next Shoei Otani thing. We, we don't know. I mean, probably not. Let's just be clear. <laughs> I mean, he's not, yeah. but, but we I know what it's, he yeah. is. It's nice that the Giants basically said, given our situation, we're not going to do, you know, the Sabian uh, Evans era, the conservative approach is exactly what Doug said. Let, let's find the high floor guys who have a good chance of making the major leagues because that's what a draft is supposed to be. Try to find the major leaguers. And the Giants said, like, let's try to find the guys who have really big breakout, who have breakout potential, who's left on the board that has breakout potential. So um, I think that's fine because it seems like the rest of the draft, it was all pretty standard. Although there was also a lot of guys I remember watching the second day and third day of the draft on MLB.com, second day of the draft. And they were basically, haven't heard of that guy. (laughs) So the Giants must see something in him. So there's a lot of that. Uh, And we'll get to... Giants farm in just a minute because that's important. But the, to the rest of the uh, week, there was the All Star game. Jock Peterson was in it. He was quite forgettable, over two with two strikeouts. Uh, the National League continued its nine year losing streak, which depresses me. To be perfectly honest, it takes the All Star game in the World Series for me to realize I really hate the American League. I, yeah, they're just, garbage. They're, yeah, they're I, trash people. <laughs> yeah. They're just trash people. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about, or actually there are two other parts of that. I had tickets to the All-Star game through work. Then the work rescinded them at the last minute because there was some misunderstanding. So that felt like a situation that got just, it, it was an unfortunate series of events that nevertheless made me a little bit bitter about the series. So I was a bit bummed about that. On the other hand, high chance of getting COVID. So I guess it was good that I didn't go. Um, and then the other thing was that they did a mic they uh, mic'd in. They did something that now they're already doing in on ESPN, where they're uh, you can talk to the players during the game, and they talked to Alec Manoa when he was pitching against Jock Peterson that inning. He struck out the side, and it was as he pitched. and uh, And I think the the feedback has been that was amazing, but I thought it was weird. <laughs> Is that just me being old? Yeah, I, I also thought it was weird. They did it, and they did it later with someone else, except like he couldn't hear them. For part of it, so was it like, the catcher. It, I think it was the pitcher and the catcher at the same time. So the pitcher couldn't hear them, and then the catcher just ignored them. Or I, <laughs> it was it was very strange. And it's like, well, even if you got you know critically acclaimed for the first one, you do the sequel, you make it bigger, and what happens? Right, <laughs> two players now. <laughs> yeah, I was I, for some reason it felt not like a violation or anything. It just. Um, it just felt like it had more of a distraction potential. And then obviously if you do it in an exhibition, the stakes are much lower and that's fine. But you know that that means if people like it, it's going to find its way into other things. And I think we've had situations already in playoff games where they've talked to players like outfielders during the game, like between pitches. And I'm like, eh. 
I don't know. I understand why they want to do it, but what other sports is that happening in? And I guess yeah. because baseball, it, it, you can do it, but it's also like, what's the what's the value? Maybe if the maybe if the people who broadcast the game liked the game, they could do be the enthusiastic ones talking. I don't know. <laughs> You're talking crazy now. Yeah. Uh, so that that was the only other thing, and the, the National League losing. Well, well, that's always a bummer. The final part is uh, the futures game which was before the All-Star game. But I want to talk about it because Kyle Harrison, ostensibly the Giants' number one prospect, or certainly I would say the flashiest one right now. He got demolished. He's top two. Top two. Yeah, but he's the one people are kind of talking about a little bit more at the moment because Luciano's had the back injury this year, so he hasn't you know, really been making big gains. I think he's come back now, though, so he's starting to play again. But for most of the year, he's been out with the back injury. Kyle Harrison just demolished, gave up uh, two home runs, uh, I think he gave up multiple runs. It, it, it wasn't a good look. So that that means the uh, he has got no trade value, right? No. Yeah. Um, so he he made that that was a bad appearance in the futures game. Uh, came back in his first start back, faced ten batters because you know his arms a little less stretched out than it had been. Uh, walked the first one, then struck out the next nine. Yeah. So yeah, that might have been a little bit of a statement. It kind of brought back his his trade value from from negative to like just a tick below zero. Might have gotten <laughs> no, but that that was the week in the Giants, and you know what stood out to you. Well, I guess now we'll talk about the Dodgers series thoughts. No, we don't have to do that. Yeah, that's not important. I mean, like, what stood out to you this week besides them getting swept? Like, what was the thing that you're gonna probably think about next week besides them being swept? Very easily by the Dodgers. <laughs> but besides that, uh, I hate everything and I want to die. Besides yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it just seemed like the, there's a talent gap and, uh, and like, you know that, right. You know that the Dodgers are better. Um, but the Giants would fight hard to tie the game and, or take the lead and then just immediately give it up. They, I think I saw this at that in the entire four game series, they led for two half innings and the Dodgers would take the lead in the bottom of both of those half innings. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a commenter on McCovey Chronicles, the Mr. G, the Mr. G show. And they, they kind of put it the, in the succinct way, the Dodgers are a super team and the giants are in the wild card division. So it's like the super team division, the wild card division. This kind of is the newer version of the first division, second division teams. I mean, you could literally break it down of like the first division teams are the division winning teams. And then you've got the next level of the wild card team. But uh, there there was a historical I had read about this because I was like, what is the history of first division, second division? What's that all about? And it has to do with money and playoff shares and all that stuff. But anyway, I like that idea because what exact it's exactly what you said. The Dodgers are essentially they're supposed to be in the World Series every year. And the Giants are supposed to be contending for the last wild card until September every year. That's those. That's the difference in the breakdown in the in the two teams that I see. And and honestly, if I'm being honest here, this is exactly why I don't like having that extra wild card spot because this team hasn't been a playoff team. Like if they get hot for a week, if they play like this for most of the rest of the season, and then they get hot for a couple of weeks and make it, should they be in the playoffs? No. Right. No, they don't, they haven't earned it. It kind of expanding the playoffs like that takes away takes away that you know if you get there you definitely earned it. I mean, even expanding it to five, I thought took that away. Even though I understand that you you're basically punishing the wild card team for not winning their division. 
and being like, hey, guess what? Still crapshoot, buddy. Yeah, I mean, the Giants have played 95 games now. And so 67 left. If, if they go 37 and 30, which seems quite unlikely, quite unlikely, that's 85 and 77. I mean, I guess, yeah, that's that's a, what a wild card team would be. Who knows if that's good enough now? But also, I don't see right now after this week, it, they could do that. That's for sure. Let, let's be honest. They could go 85 and 77. That's for sure. It doesn't seem likely. Um, and it, and it's like you said, it, if they do that, it'll be because um, they will have made a trade because they think they're they're in it. And we're going to get to that in a second after the after the break about the Giants and what they should do at the trade deadline. And I think it's exactly what you said. It's the talent kind of suggesting that like, well, who what is this team? And after the game, the broadcasters were basically like, this is the biggest week of the season because it will tell the front office what the what the story of the season is, what the team is. Do they buy or sell at the deadline? And I don't know. I that just rang. That's what you say to the people listening, the the fans. But also the team is the people in the front office are what Doug a hundred thousand five hundred thousand times smarter than any other person that is in their orbit. They already know this, right? <laughs> I mean, you don't need another week of games to to know what they know, to need to know, learn what they need to know. Yeah, I mean, the extra week will tell them some things around the margins because you know they've basically spent the whole the whole year trying to piece it together. You know, being like, well, we don't have this guy. We have, you know, we don't have that guy right now. We have, we have Tommy Lestella, but he can't play defense. We have or him um, or, or stay hit. on the field. Yeah, he can't really do anything. We have or Evan a tradable contract. Yeah, Evan Longoria is fine, but he can't stay on the field. You know, Brandon Belt was good, and now he's bad. Uh, so they have all these guys who you know should be good but aren't. And so every week that goes on, if if one or two of them suddenly look like they looked last year, other than Lestella who I think was hurt all last year. So he's looking just like he did then. Um, but, you know, if, if just one or two of them get back to that form, they're like, well, you know, maybe we have a shot. And so it really is sort of looking for hope, I think. Uh, is that a good move? I don't know. But at the same time, you have to remember that the front office is not entirely in control. I, I remember seeing, and I saw this in, I don't know, 2019, 2020. It was a couple of years after the trade that Bobby Evans didn't go to the front office with the idea of trading for Evan Longoria and Andrew McCutcheon. The front office was like, you have to compete. Put, get a winner, get stars. So he went and he did what he had to do, and then now the Giants don't have Brian Reynolds. Um, so the front office might still be doing that, and we just wouldn't know. They might be like, no, you're not selling. You're not doing that. You're competing. There's six playoff spots. Go get one of them. Um, I think that's entirely on the table and we would never hear about it. No. And we're going to talk about the trade deadline after the break here. I I want to, I mean, it's hard to talk about the series because it was, you know, complete domination by the Dodgers essentially, but a couple things stood out to me. Um, one, the giants showed up to play, you know, they didn't, they, they're not as talented, but they played hard in all four games. And I really think that was game, the thing. Game three, did they play hard in game three? Yeah, they they rallied at the in the ninth inning. Oh, that's true. They did. So that, that was it's exactly my point. I'm like, is that true? And I before we started <laughs> recording, I'm like, no, they had the rally, um, and they and it was close enough where that rally mattered. You know what I mean? Like they held it close enough. 
this is the thing that that I texted Gabe Kepler about in the offseason. Remember, I've been away from the Cup Chronicles for so long, <laughs> but there was a time when he was he was rumored. Um, I don't know how many people even know the story. I'm sure it doesn't matter, but it makes good podcast content um, where he was one of the candidates. And in my last gasps of having any energy to write posts for the site, I was just like, well, here's what he's going to say in his interview. And it's going to involve him popping off his shirt and all that stuff. <laughs> and then Gabe Kapler reached out and he was, you know, basically like that seems like a completely stupid way of assessing my candidacy. So I'm going to reach out to quote unquote Giants Media uh, there was an extra set of quotes over media and um, and reach out and, and try to like make good or like ask or answer questions that anyone might have. And I didn't follow up on that. I was like, yeah, thanks. That's fine. <laughs> so, because it's also sort of the idea of of what Grant's philosophy was when he had the side. It's like, it's better to be the outsider. And it's also like, what is he going to say that that's not going to ch- that's going to convince me um, even when I'm watching the product on the field. Like, I feel like that's a better way of speaking for himself. And you know what? 19 or 2020, 2021, that certainly to me spoke for itself. So I texted him after 2021, like a couple of days after the division series ended. And I was like, Hey, you know what? They showed up to play every game. And that was really cool to see because it meant that they were really never out of any game they played. And I think that had a lot to do with why they won as many games as they did. The other one being Buster Posey and all the players that are older now, a year younger, and we're good at defense. But <laughs> showing up to play, I think, is important. And as much as the talent gap now we know is at least 15-plus games, $100 million in payroll, we know like there's objective, tangible reasons why the Dodgers are better than the Giants. I think the fact that they didn't get creamed like the Dodgers were doing in 17 and 18 to them you know, where they remember they were just, oh, the Giants have a two nothing lead. And then the, the Dodgers would win like 15 to two. You know, it's <laughs> like, you know, they didn't, they didn't roll over. They played hard and um, still had enough talent to, you know, I was reading True Blue LA. I was on a Twitter break, everyone. So I was trying to find my social media through something else. And apparently the Dodgers fans on True Blue think the Giants are like an adversary when, when they were watching their team just roll all over them. They really didn't like Darren Ruff. Um, <laughs> and, that's to your point. Darren Ruff starting to play a little bit like last year was a good sign. He was almost, he's basically my MVP for the week, which we didn't pick and I'm picking now. So um, I, I don't see the point in picking an MVP um, for the week. Well, I mean, we, listen, we lost four games with you. We'll love, lose four games without you. I mean, listen, uh, when it went earlier in the season after the Mets series, I'm like, okay, well, we know the Giants aren't better than the Mets. And after <laughs> the Braves series, I was like, okay, we know the Giants aren't better than the Braves. Uh, you know, all that's really happened with this Dodgers series. The Dodgers swept the Giants at home. The Giants swept the Dodgers at home and the Dodgers have swept the Giants at home. So there's that element of it. I mean, I think it's safe to say the Dodgers are better than the Giants, too. That's not controversial. So I guess it's like why I get mad about it. That's what I was saying. The Giants went into the season going, yeah, most of the teams in the in the National League are better than us. So what? <laughs> like that's so I, that's why I'm not getting too mad about it. The Giants don't have a Mookie Betts, which... I think that's the bigger difference. If they had a Mookie Betts, that'd make a lot of this a lot easier to deal with. I think but, if they had a Mookie Betts, they would have won two of the games. Yeah. 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 A Mookie Betts. I'm thinking of the Wayne's World thing. I don't even have a Mookie Betts, <laughs> let alone many bets that would necessitate an entire team. Okay. So that's that's that. Nothing else you want to say about that series? Like, let's just pretend it never happened. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, your, I mean, mean, your mean Mercedes was out there in left field late in the game because Mikey Stremski had a had a leg thing that prevented him from being out in the field. Yeah. I don't know if you heard that. Okay. I don't know if anyone else heard that because I know some people were upset about that. And worth it's worth noting that at least half the time that's what that's what's going on. Right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I we know enough now to be like, why didn't Gabe Kapler do this or that? Why did he put this guy in? And then you find out it's like, oh yeah, Dominic Leone's uh wife went into labor or something. Right. <laughs> and he had to go. It's like, oh, all right. Uh, okay, we're going to talk about the Giants trade deadline situation when we come back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. I sent the rundown to you, Doug, and I said, let's do the trade for Juan Soto. Let's find out what the Giants could do to trade for Juan Soto. And I said this before the start of the Dodgers series. I sent this rundown. Yeah, it's uncharacteristic of you because usually before the start of a Dodgers series, like, well, they'll lose all the games and then everyone will know they're not a playoff team and then they'll sell uh, everyone they can sell. Like, that's what you would normally say Thursday afternoon. So this is very, very uncharacteristic. Did they get swept because of you? Probably. Yeah, I think that's fair, to be honest. But (laughs) So that was the initial premise here, but I think – uh, after this weekend and their record, and even if they're two games out of the wild card, you know the defense being a shambles uh, is, is an embarrassment is worse than a shambles, right? A shambles is like an accident, kind of, or like something happened. Whereas embarrassing, it's just like you don't want any part of it. I don't know. Like embarrassment though implies they should be better in mm. a way that shambles doesn't. Right. To me, that's if you're true. in shambles, it's just like oh, a total disaster, completely unfixable. And like embarrassment is like, I don't know what happened here. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, they're a shambles because they can't get better. So. No, no we've, we've been hoping for that all year and it's it's not happening. So then this is expanded more into what should the Giants do at the trade deadline? And we're now close enough to it more where I think we have some specifics in there. Doug, I don't want to put you on the spot. So would you like me to go first? Uh, yes. Okay. I had the whole idea of they should trade for Juan Soto. I finally agreed with it because we had a few weeks ago done the Giants pro-con. Doug was like, yes, you absolutely do it when you can. And I had taken the position that they shouldn't that because it would empty the farm. So I was trying to be like, well, let's do it. Let's just do the Juan Soto trade. And after this week, I'm now like, the Giants must trade Carlos Rodon. <laughs> they must sell, 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 sell. Because what happened this week also... Um, as Carlos Renan was getting roughed up and watching uh, Luis Gonzalez lose a ball on the lights, uh, was that one his, Mookie Betts? Yes. One Mookie Betts would have caught that ball. Yes, was that his option? His um, opt out vested. It's always fun to think about the weird terms. Usually, you think a an option your vests, but what vested? He reached 110 innings. Was his ability to opt out of his contract for next year? Which now that I think about his contract, is it was kind of an, an a bonkers deal because the giants were basically saying 
if you get if you pitch 105 innings of being an all-star and you get hurt at the all-star game, you're going to get $45 million for one year. And, <laughs> right? Or if he got hurt uh, late in the year, he would opt, but he had vested, he'll opt in and he would just miss all of next year and get paid. Um, and, and the Giants would be paying him. Basically, the Giants were saying like, you're a risk, but we're willing to pay you $45 million for one year of work, essentially, was what that what that deal was. I think there's deals should exist. That's fine. But now let's deal with the reality. He can now opt out of his contract one year, 22 and a half million or 23 million next year. The, uh, it was Andrew Baggerly who pointed this out. He might be looking for like a Robbie Ray deal, which was five years, 115 million. And he, and Andrew Baggerly was the one to point out like a length and term of contract that Farhan Zaidi has never given out before. So I don't, and I don't think that would change in this case. I mean, it could, that could be one of the reasons why they signed him the way that they did was to maybe set that up, but it's still what a four or five year deal for a pitcher. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen. So why not? Why hold on to him? You're going to lose him after the year, either because he's not going to want to resign with you um, because you don't have Mookie Betts in right field or because he's going to want five years and they're not going to give him five years. So I guess they would get a draft pick compensation still if he signed basically for 25 or million a year or something like that. If his AAV hits a certain number or the total value does, he, the Giants would necess- would get like a compensation around B. And I think they should just trade him. They will get good value for him now. Um, and, and they're not going to do anything with him. He's not going to be around next year anyway. So the idea that he's important for the playoffs this year and next year is kind of silly because who cares about this year in the playoffs? Seriously. I mean, I guess the giants do, but now just like with Juan Soto, it seems like this is his, the peak of his value. Well, like I was saying before, hmm. uh, I don't think the front office is going to go for that. Or I don't think, I think the front office, even if the front offices, I don't think ownership will because ownership wants to compete and Carlos Rodon's going to have to be a part of that. Um, so I don't see them letting the front office do that, even if they want to. And they might not want to. You know, back in back in 2019, I feel like I've made this point recently. Uh, but, you know, they didn't – they sold some of their other relievers, but they didn't sell Will Smith. They didn't sell Madison Bumgarner, who were their two biggest trade pieces. Bumgarner is a separate thing because he was a Giants legend. Will Smith, they could have traded. Um, there, there wouldn't have been, like, a huge fan revolt over trading Will Smith it would have just been, oh yeah, he was a guy. He was good. He's gone now. They got they got a shiny prospect for him, maybe two. Who's to say? Uh, and then they didn't. Be, and part of that was that they didn't want to lose credibility in the clubhouse. And so I think you're going to see that again. That they're not going to trade Radon for that reason, or they're not going to trade Radon because ownership wouldn't allow it. I think either way it'll work out to them not trading Radon. Uh, it just it the way they operate just doesn't seem likely to me. I I generally agree with that. I also wonder if he's agreed to be the president of baseball operations and he doesn't have some measure of autonomy. I, I would find that surprising. Like it's one thing for them to mandate that he get certain players. I wonder. I mean, I agree with you. It's just as likely they're like, and you can't trade them if we say no. 
because ownership does overall trades do have some say in it. It's just once certain levels, it doesn't really matter to them. Like it's not as important to them. But another thing that Baggerly pointed out was the Giants won 107 win, 107 games last year, and it did not in, increase their ticket sales. So you could make an argument from a business sense that um, it, it doesn't like this year is kind of a wash. Like it doesn't really matter. I I like your point about losing the clubhouse, though. I wonder another week of mediocrity, what that's going to do to the clubhouse anyway. You know, the pitchers are going to start getting a little ticked off at the fielders, not being able to catch the ball, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that was my one thing is I think if the Giants, the Giants should probably be more sellers than buyers. Uh, Grant had an article that they should probably, that they could also just stand pat and do nothing and just, you know, see what happens the rest of the year. That's also reasonable. I just think if we're talking about them making acquisitions, uh, Ken Rosenthal said that maybe the Giants might just be looking for some solid defense, some youth and speed that would help them better juggle their lineups, their, you know, their fielding platoons and situations elsewhere. So maybe one or two players there. I could see that too, but I'm also sort of thinking if Rodon is gone next year and this year seems like it's stalled out, I don't know. It seems like a one plus one equals two situation for me. When do you start thinking about next year? And the the odd thing is punting last off season. It doesn't make me, it makes me think they're just going to punt this next off season. I mean, it is an election year, Doug, that money has <laughs> That money has to go to more important things right now. <laughs> Charles Johnson has his priorities. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's it makes sense to trade him. Um, and, you know, he's one of the few that honestly would get something. Right. Uh, like, I, I could see a team paying for Alex Cobb, thinking they're getting a deal on him because his results have been bad because the defense is so bad. Um so I could see him also going. I, I had that exact see- thought to today. His yeah. FIP coming in today's game was three. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, there's a, you know, the Rays would probably take him back, you know, just in case uh, some team might be interested in him. He, he would definitely be one. And then I could see also um, the bullpen, like just like in 2019, where they, you know, they're not as good this year, um, but Brebbia has had a good, had a really good year. Um, Harlan Garcia has been, He's had good results, and they could probably make an argument that, you know, use him as a lefty specialist, and and he'll get the occasional righty too, and he'll be fine. Um, and, you know, Dominic Leone's had a down year compared to last year, but he's not that bad. And, uh, like, his ERA plus is, is 109. Well, coming into Sunday, it was 109. Um, and last year, his ERA was in the ones. So he's another guy who a team might, might like him and trade for him. Um, 100% could happen. I'm not sure I'm ready for Zach Littell to come back, but if the Giants get some uh, get some you know 26th men out of it, maybe maybe it'd be worth it. Um, I, the other thing that I thought about to your point about what the what ownership would allow is, you know, I really think at this point whether they keep Rodon, if somehow he winds up staying or not, whatever. You know, Kyle Harrison's going to have to come. He's going to have to be good enough to make the team next year at some point. He's going to have to debut next year because the, the Giants still are pretty thin on pitching. And if his stuff really does keep working as well as it is, if he makes it to AAA this this year even, which seems probable, um, 
then it seems like it wouldn't be ridiculous for him to come up in May next year, or, you know, and or May or even June. And if that's the case, it seems like you can make the case like well, we're going to lose or none, but we're going to have one of our homegrown guys come up next year to replace him. That I could maybe see that. And it, and it also would depend on what the return is too, you know? I'm sure if you could make the case like this is the return that we're getting for him, that there might be a reason as well. But I like the Cobb move and the fact that on Sunday's game, he really kind of battled through it a little bit, um, but came back to look pretty solid. I think that that helped a lot against, you know, basically an elite team. Um, and, you know, Cobb, he's like, he's the hardest hit, hardest luck giant this year, maybe. Yeah, you I know. Think so. Um, so yeah, uh, the the Juan Soto trade is this the situation is this. Yes, Juan Soto is the guy you empty the farm for, but it's all the other the unintended the unintended consequences or the actual consequences of trading for him to me are just multitudinous. They're they're, they're overwhelming. Like you can't not only can you not ignore them, but they would be actively harmful to the point where it would not be worth like, yes, you'd have one Soto, but you will have lost the war. Um, essentially, you know, it's not a matter of who they would get if they got I uh, Sammy Higgins on the site. She had done a, a, a BP post asking people to pitch their, you know, what would it take to get them? What should the giants do to get him? Steven Strasburg and Patrick Corbin being included in the deal. Well, Strasburg would have to waive his no trade clause. I don't see that happening. Um, Patrick Corbin's deal is just for the next this season and the next two. I could see him being added in very easily. And if you put that in with a lot of the like, there's a trade machine that I'm pretty sure was developed by someone who works in the race front office. It's uh, but uh, it's called Baseball Trade Values, and and basically by adding Patrick Corbin's negative value in there, you know, there's a deal to be done. But sort of the stuff I've heard this week hasn't just revolved around you know, Harrison, Luciano, um, even Joey Bart, but there's all, or Bedner. There's also been like Logan Webb and it's like, well then there's no trade because you're going to lose Rodon. That's happening. So, so you're going to say like, we're going to lose our top two pitchers, but we're going to have one Soto and we're going to have no farm system. Um, I, unless you think you're going to turn Patrick Corbin into Robbie Ray back into Robbie Ray, which I don't think is possible because, um, Patrick Corbin's really bad. I will say this about Patrick Corbin. I know I'm rambling, but I need to make this point. It would be like he's coming home, right? Because Charles Johnson, he and Charles Johnson have a lot of the same friends. So, <laughs> so there would be that. Maybe that just that alone would help. But uh, there's a, like a lot of financial elements to it that I, I I don't think are important. It's not the finances, except for this. You'll get one Soto for the rest of this year, theoretically, or if they wait till the offseason, the next two seasons. You're not going to resign him. It's very unlikely the Giants would resign him because it's very unlikely that he would that Scott Boris, his agent, would sit there and let you try to work out, like give you a 72-hour window before the trade deadline to work out an extension. I mean, maybe he would, maybe he would, but at the same time, why? He's never. I don't think he's ever done that before, and, and it's got to come from the client. So Juan Soto would want to play in San Francisco and would be open to a deal. Well, I'm tapping the sign again, Doug. <laughs> Top of the market, free agent hitters do not want to hit in San Francisco. So I well, don't I'll see say that. this. If the Giants gave him $500 million, I think he would be fine with it. So then that was my other thing. Looking at the Harper deal, which was like 12 years and it was like the AAV was under 30. 
Um, if the and the offer that was extended to Juan Soto was 15 years and 440, so it was like still under 30 30 million a year. You know, 50. If he really got like 10 500. Well, if he, I think if they went like twelve five hundred, you know, sure, just, yes, just forty yes. million a year, yes, just, just casual. Well, he, well, so then, so that, so this is great because there's two things. It seems like players are wanting to beat that AAV, which means you'd have to get to like forty three and a half or forty four because Max Scherzer is making over forty. He's like making forty three AAV. So in my mind, it was like, well, ten four fifty, like you did that now. You'd have to basically do it where the AAV is somewhere around forty-five million a year, but that that made me have made me have two secondary thoughts. One, what does that do to the um, uh, arbitration market? Because he has two years of arbitration left. So if he agreed to an extension right now and he was getting forty-five million dollars in in each of what are his last two arbitration values, does that get counted towards the arbitration cases? No, and probably they would also backload it a little bit, so they do like. 23 million the first year, 28 million the second year, and then however much after that. Got it. Um, And then the other part is, I think the Giants ever since the bonds deal that was declared illegal, basically, but kind of ignored, and the private financing for the stadium, I think those two strikes are the only two strikes the Giants ownership group wants to have anymore with Major League Baseball. And I think them helping to set a new AAV is not something they're interested in doing. Well, here's what I would say about the AAV. I don't know that he needs to beat Scherzer because Scherzer's on a one-year deal or a, a short-term it's a, deal. It's like it's a, a three years with an option. Years? It's either yeah. two or three years. The three I don't know that might he be needs to beat that. I think he needs to beat um, to beat Trout. I think. Okay. Um, I think he needs to beat the biggest long-term deal, um, at least in terms of AAV. Yeah. So Trout did it was four hundred and twenty-six point five million. Over 12 years. So I think that's what you would need to beat in AAV. And you need to be by like a couple million a year. Uh, but yeah. you know, I, th- I think that's really the benchmark. So the, the Nationals offer was more years and barely more money. Um, so, I mean, if you just did 12, if you did 12, maybe 12 years, 480, just the straight 40 a year, that might do it. And if the Giants are making that offer, I think that's when Scott Boris goes, thank you, I will take that to free agency in two years. No, I mean, the Giants are like, (laughs) we only make this offer now, you know, because you don't know what's going to happen over the next two years. Yeah. Like even even Scott Boris has to come to a point where he's like, do I want to take a risk of Juan Soto straining a hamstring or do I want to take almost $500 million? Yeah. And, And it's, you know, you get Juan Soto... And his AAV is not going to crush your. It's still not going to crush the Giants' payroll. Um, it's but when you're emptying emptying the farm system, I'm less bothered by them emptying the farm system out because I'm concerned. I'm worried about their farm system. Yeah, and I th- I think it would be. Um, I mean, my guess for what it would take would be some would be. I mean, definitely Kyle Harrison. Like, there's no deal without Kyle Harrison. Probably Luis Matos. Probably Camilo Duvall. And then maybe maybe Will Bednar, one of their other like really low guys, for uh, for Soto and Corbin, that would be my guess. Yeah, I would think the Giants would have would prefer the option where it's Corbin, and they're not they're holding on yeah. to at least one of their guys. Yeah, I mean that's that's the card they can play that not every team can play. 
Mm-hmm. And that's part of why, I mean, that's, that is probably part of why they went small this off season. Not that it was specifically about Soto, but to, to get themselves into a situation where they could take on a lot of salary. Right. And, and as we're saying, I don't know that they feel like they're in a position where they ought to be because the rest of the team is sort of whatever. Um, so then the last point is, you know, you get Juan Soto. Let's just for a moment, put that aside. I, I want to, it's what I was saying about Rodon. It's what you were even saying about Alex Cobb. And it's like, what are they going to do about next year? Because they're going to need to find replacements for Belt, Longoria, Jock Peterson, Rodon, Wilmer Flores, Kirk Casale. And they're probably going to be looking to stay below $200 million in payroll in order to do that. Um, only because I don't think the Giants, I think that's where the Giants have kind of landed, it seems like, is that maybe there's some except like if they did get one Soto, let's say maybe they would be willing to, to breach 200 million, but it does seem like, you know, you're kind of looking at a payroll that's going to be down to like one, maybe 150, 175, uh, 150 million, 175 million with that, uh, the rest of that money kind of going to those player benefits and then saving a little, which is somewhere in the 16 million range. And then you're leaving a little wiggle room for maybe a trade midseason or something. So maybe 200 million is the cap that the team has self-imposed. I will point out that the Giants did spend 70 million on that minor league complex this past year. That doesn't count towards the payroll, but you know they have a budget, and I'm sure that that's a big chunk of their budget this year that that they chose to do, which I think is wise. Which is why I would think trading Carlos Rodon would be just as wise because you, the, I'm I'm concerned, you know. A Juan Soto trade, we can see on paper that they might actually be able to pull off, but we don't really see that that farm system is in a situation where even if they didn't get him, that it's going to be able to help them in the next few years. So that's what I'm a little um, concerned about. But this week really, to me, made it a lot more certain that there's not going to be a not even a Juan Soto deal, but they might be closer to standing pat, which I thought Grant was just throwing out there. But does he know something we don't? Yeah. No, I, I do think it's possible they just stand pat. Um, you know, if they don't find a deal they like, then they're not going to make a deal at all. And the the team is just going to still be bad. <laughs> I want to believe that they're, as, that they're a smart team, and I want to see them do something that not that upsets me but makes me think. Right now they're just doing stuff that upsets me. <laughs> And it's not making me think. It's like, man, that these guys can't field. That's annoying. Um, and so maybe you think about how they can't field, though. Yeah, that's true. Why can't they field? Yeah. Oh, they're old. Got it. But you know, a Carlos Rodon deal where they get back two players. Maybe one of them is a major leaker. That's not a Mauricio Dubon type. That would be something. That would be something interesting. Um, and we saw him uh, on his uh, first trade deadline. You know when. The one that you cited when they're they basically traded away, but still got a couple of guys where it's like, maybe this will work out. Yeah, <laughs> maybe something will happen or maybe not. Um, Scooter Gannett did not work out, <laughs> but I liked the thinking um, and I liked when they got Will Wilson just for picking up um, Cozart's deal. So, you know, stuff like that. That's kind of what I'm hoping they might be able to do this trade deadline. Anyway, Doug. I didn't mention this, but you wrote two great articles. I kind of just why Doug wrote about the futures game. He wrote about the all-star game. Go check out his Substack, stack giantsdoug.substack.com. Um, what are you going to write about this week? Do you know? 
I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I had a pretty good idea last week coming into the week. And then this, you know, hopefully something interesting happens today. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, so watch the taste away of the, of the weekend. Um, but you can, again, giantsdug.substack.com for all your snarky giants needs. And also check out McCoveyChronicles.com. Send us your questions on Twitter at McCronCast or in the comments section below our posts. And we'll be back next week with an all new episode. Thanks for listening and go giants. Go giants. Sorry about this week. (laughs) 